Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast. And today's show, we welcome to the Australian Seller family, Tim Jordan from the Private Label Legion, uh, who you can find on Facebook if you'd like to join his group. And I was introduced to Tim by Kelly from Private Label Australia a few weeks ago at the Retail Global event. We spent some time with him discussing his philosophy around product research and product development. Um, so Tim is a huge believer in starting your product research journey off of Amazon. So not as most people do, uh, where they kind of start on Amazon and then look for ways to make existing products maybe a bit better. Um, so for Tim, uh, you know, he uses Pinterest, Etsy, Lifehack blogs, trend-watching sites, Instagram, Kickstarter. Seriously, the list goes on. So today he tries to lay out a step-by-step approach to the way that he does his product research and uh, and then, uh, you know, launches successfully launches products on Amazon. Now, don't forget, if you need some private coaching, if you'd like to book a time to chat with me privately, just uh, send an email over to chris at christhomas.com.au and uh, let's have a bit of a chat from there. Uh, now, don't forget the India trip's coming up very soon as well in October. Uh, that's at the Delhi Fair. The dates are between the 14th of October and the 20th of October. And, uh, you know, there's five-star hotels, there's meals provided, all that fun stuff. And uh, I'm hoping to have Megla on a webinar on the Australian Seller Facebook group very, very soon. So if you want to see us uh, do a bit of a chat together about that event and learn a lot more about it, then just head over to the theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook and make sure that you join the Australian Seller family on Facebook. It's a very small group, but it's a very curated group and sometimes less is more. So there's a lot of good quality stuff happening in there. Uh, now... Just back to Tim, as we got into the chat today, before we knew it, we actually talked for about 40 minutes and at the end there I said to Tim, I think we probably need to wrap things up, but uh, he was so keen to continue that he's agreed to come on again next week to finish off uh, the conversation. So as you'll hear in an unscripted takeout at the very end of the show. So today we talk mainly about product research uh, and then next week we're going to be talking more about ninja tactics and execution as we go in-depth in part one with Tim Jordan. of the Australian Seller Podcast today. I am totally thrilled to be welcoming Tim Jordan to the show. We met a couple of weeks ago at Retail Global, Tim, and uh, had a had a great conversation. You were showing me some really cool things about product research, which is probably a topic that I'd love to touch on in a little bit more detail with you today. Um, Tim, you're from Private Label Legion. You also have a company called Hickory Flats, which I uh, maybe you can talk a bit more about that, but um, please introduce yourself rather than let me do all the talking and uh, tell us about your yeah, journey. Yeah, well, I, I feel like you've done such a good job. There's nothing left to say. I mean, <laughs> you've kind of hit all the high points of my entire uh, entire being. So, <laughs> awesome. um, hey, but yeah, well, I've got um, uh, got the privilege of, of meeting you and several others that mm. I've kind of seen on social media for a while, but not actually met in person when I came to the Retail Global Show in Gold Coast. That was my first experience to Australia. And uh, and it, I can honestly say it was worth it. There's been a lot of trips that I've gone on around the world 
that I came home and thought, okay, I'm not doing that crap again. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, it was nice to, um, to see, uh, to see myself coming back from an extremely long journey like that and feel like it was, uh, worth my time. And that was a hundred percent due to not necessarily in the venue. Cause I like filling everything that's there, but just all the different people that I met, Yeah, you know, I tell everybody, um, you know, go to as many conferences, meetups, networking events as you can, not for the content because it is good, but mostly for just the networking. And that just improves all of us and it increases our abilities and our wisdom and our knowledge and ultimately our success. Indeed it does. In fact, we were both part of the injection labs section. So we were kind of tucked away behind those glass screens. And it was actually Callie from the Amazon sellers, Australia, Facebook group that introduced us together and um, who was there as well. And so in the injection labs, that's actually where I got to meet lots of people as well and do a lot of networking in there as we were helping or together, um, helping people with their Amazon businesses, whether in Australia or indeed internationally. So yeah, it was a really, really fun event. And, uh, and so let me ask you mm. this, uh, that Amazon injection lab, for those of you that are listening, basically it was like a, uh, like a glass room. They put us in a little tables for consulting and they put quote unquote, Amazon experts in there. <laughs> and I say quote unquote, cause I don't know if I'm an expert or not, but I try. Mm. And they made us wear lab coats and somebody was responsible. And, and let me back up and say this for those of you that, that have not seen me, I'm not a tiny no. guy, right? Not a tiny guy, but someone hid all the large and extra large lab coats and left me with a medium. And Chris, if you could get to the bottom and figure out who stuck me in a medium lab coat to look like Chris Farley busting out of a jacket, I'd appreciate you, knowing that because there's got to be some revenge to be made you there. You did look a little bit like the Incredible Hulk there for sure. So, <laughs> as, you, as you got angry, <laughs> angry and the muscles started to bulge and just started turning green. Um, I had the same problem. Uh, and I'm, I'm a little bit taller, but uh, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> we've just got off on a wacky tangent here. It's really fun. But uh, look, it was a great event. Now, tell us though, uh, just about your Amazon journey. How long have you actually been involved with Amazon, selling on Amazon and you know, just being in that, that universe? Yeah. So I think I started about five years ago and that was my first uh, delve into e-commerce. I, listen, I didn't know I didn't know you could sell uh, online aside from eBay. I, eBay, I didn't know that existed. And here in the US, eBay is not necessarily you know the best platform. It's you know where you buy old used stuff essentially. Mm. Um, but I was working for, I was actually a firefighter and paramedic and that was my full-time gig, but I've always been kind of a hustler, kind of an entrepreneur. So in my part-time I'd had a couple, you know, construction companies and things like that. And eventually ended up helping a friend with a startup company that provided goods to the U S government mm. for like consulates and embassies and, uh, you know, pretty much everything non-military, but overseas. So that's how I got into sourcing and logistics and procurement and all that good stuff. And we had a bunch of wholesale accounts. And one day I'm looking at this massive wholesale account that we have for Cummins diesel parts. Okay. Cummins is the largest manufacturer in the world of, of diesel engines. And, uh, we had just a massive discount wholesale through them because we were selling to all over the world. And I'm looking at these oil filters for these diesel engines that are like uh, $30 on Amazon. Cause I just Googled the part number popped up on Amazon and I can buy them for like three or four bucks. Mm. And I thought, well, this is crazy. There must be huge margins here, but I didn't know you could sell on Amazon. So you know what Craigslist is? Do they have yeah, that in Australia? Uh, we don't, but um, most people do, but yeah, You're please, familiar yeah give, give, us, okay. give us a quick, it's, quick it's, rundown on what it is. It's it's just basically a free, really simple classified service for anything and everything, right? right? Um, it's really popular in states. I don't I don't think it's stretched stretched more beyond there. They've been on uh, some bad publicity lately, which is may why you may have heard mm -hmm. of them. But anyways, I I posted a free ad on Craigslist for a gig, and this gig was to find someone to help me learn to sell on eBay. 
because I'm thinking I can sell these oil filters on eBay. This will be great. So I put this post out and somebody immediately responds says, yeah, I've got some experience, yada, yada, yada. I'll come see what you've got. So I'm expecting like a college university age kid to walk in, you know, it's kind of tech savvy. Mm-hmm. And it's like this 55 year old balding nerdy guy. That's me. And (laughs) as a matter of fact, no. And he walks in and and he introduces himself and he starts looking at my price catalog and starts doing some magical things on his computer. And he says, man, you need to sell on Amazon. And that was the first time anybody ever told me you can sell on Amazon. So fast forward to uh, seven months later, we had sold over a million dollars of wholesale goods on Amazon from, you know, basically starting to within seven, seven and a half months, we'd hit over a million and uh, at really good margins at like 30% margins, which is great for wholesale. And I decided, hey, uh, this is awesome, but I could lose this account at any time, you know, this wholesale mm-hmm. account. So I've got to start creating my own products. And of course, I started searching around. I found the term private label. So I started going to conferences and meetups and, you know, doing free webinars and learning as much as I could about private label and uh, made some huge mistakes, but ultimately found uh, found some success. So yeah. from that point... Um, I started using my existing contacts like in China and worldwide and started sourcing and shipping. And other people came to me and said, Hey, can you source my goods? Can you ship my goods? And I said, sure, I can do that. Why not? (laughs) So I partnered with a guy in China and we officially set up a a shipping company and a brokerage and we set up a sourcing company and started hiring employees. And that was the beginning of Hickory Flats. It's come a long way since then. We don't really offer the same services that we did starting up, but uh, I'll tell you, it gave me a really deep immersion into e-commerce and private label because we were doing our own products and we were literally helping hundreds of others. So it gave me this kind of cool bird's eye view of what's going on in the world and what works and what doesn't. So that's all through Hickory Flats now, isn't it? Yeah. So that was all, uh, all pretty much Hickory Flats. And, you know, I had several separate companies. I had my own e-commerce brands that I was selling. I had, you know, partnerships with one or two people. We do some different products. And then, you know, about the middle of last year, I decided, hey, I've got to simplify and I've got to use all of this great talent that's around me and start consolidating it. So essentially, we started um, absorbing different companies and doing buyouts of, of sub companies and just building this really large mm-hmm. organization. And then that became the birth of the Private yeah. Label Legion. That's a super cool um, group too. But anyway, let's all right. Let's switch gears then, um, just around product research and and really focusing in on the private label aspect of your life. So, how do you resource or research and source products these days? What's your sort of go to methodology around that? Well, it's uh, it's a little bit different because I am considered to be an Amazon seller, and I do not use Amazon for product cool. research, which I know mm. sounds extremely odd. And, uh, you know, when I first started learning, you know, the whole private label method, I told you, I, I made a lot of mistakes. And one of those mistakes was following the crowd. And I was following basically what other people were doing as quote unquote success. And maybe four or five years ago, a lot of those things worked, but, um, at the time I didn't see the writing on the wall. So here's kind of the premise of quote unquote private label, uh, research, Mm -hmm. you know, mainstream method. You go to Amazon, you figure out what other people are doing well. And then you try to do it just a little bit better, right? And I know I'm really dummying it down, but that's essentially what it is. Um, you know, there are there are software tools that literally give you a quote unquote validation score. Hey, this is the great product for you to uh, to source and launch. And part of the algorithm is based on a huge number of existing sellers mm. selling large volume. And you know, on in one sense, I get that because here's the thing. A lot of people put up stupid crap on Amazon and these other platforms that don't sell. 
right? So we don't want to be that person putting up stupid crap. So we want to see that somebody else is doing it first. It gives us validation. It's social proof. It's like that warm, fuzzy feeling that people are actually buying this product. Mm. Maybe this Mm. would be a good one for me. You know what I mean? But of course, look at the fallacy of that. You're already stepping into a saturated realm. And you remember I had this cool, cool view Mm. from the sourcing and logistics business. I was seeing this terrible, I call it the six month death gap, right? And six months is about how long it takes to really launch a product. That's from discovering the initial keyword, to validating the keyword, to testing the keyword, to sourcing samples, to getting pricing, to do a small test launch Mm. um, or a small test. I won't even call it a launch to sourcing your 5,000 units, to having them shipped, to getting them to customs, to landing them, to optimize the listing and boom, you sell, right? That's like a six month process. Typically, sometimes you can weed it down to four, but when you're doing that initial validation, you're going to look at it and say, oh, there's only two sellers, only three sellers. But what you don't know is there may be 30 sellers that are already three months ahead mm-hmm. of you or even one week ahead of you. And you don't know that. You can't see it. Like it, it's this mysterious army of competition that may or may not exist, mm-hmm. but you can't see it even if it does exist. So what happens is because we're using the same information that everybody else uses and we're, and we're validating based on existing success, we end up selecting and launching products that are ultra competitive. And the only way to compete on a platform like Amazon or eBay in a competitive market with the same product as everybody else is just to lower your price. And then they lower your price and you lower your price and they lower their price. And now nobody's making money and we're all pissed off and we've all lost our tails. And, you know, still to this day, I've got freaking meat tenderizers somewhere in a warehouse that I never sold that I bought five years ago because I thought it was a great product. Right. So what I started doing was, um, well, one, one is I didn't get discouraged. And let me say this. If I had stopped every time that I had a quote unquote failure or a discouragement, I would still be working a nine to five job or a nine to five job. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't have the freedom, the flexibility, the fun. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and let that be encouragement to the listeners because you're going to fall flat on your face in this entrepreneurial journey. It's going to happen. But consider those investments and wisdom, right? If I hadn't made those dumb mistakes and learned my lessons and, and gotten back on my feet and kept, you know, kept marching down this road towards, you know, entrepreneurial success, I I would have never, Mm. you know, been where I am now and where I hope to be going in the next Mm. three or four Mm. or 10 years. Right. So, uh, I landed flat on my face. It really sucked. But what it did was it taught me, okay, this doesn't work. However, there are a few people doing things a little bit different and they seem to have a lot of success and they're keeping mm-hmm. their mouth shut about it. What are they doing? So I started watching what other people are doing. Then I started researching and then I just literally stopped paying attention to the masses and started, you know, taking 30 minute showers and thinking, what can I do differently? Where can I come up with these product ideas? Mm-hmm. How can I do things cutting edge? And a lot of ideas came to me, a lot of more terrible ideas, but some of them stuck and some of them worked extremely, mm-hmm. extremely, extremely well. So what we started doing was identifying product opportunities that are not on sales platforms currently, or at least mm-hmm. not on Amazon slash eBay. Yep, makes sense. Right? Yep. Well, that sounds great. There's a million products out there. How do we know what's going to sell? So the next phase that we had to do was start learning how to validate and test. Because I'm not going to buy 5,000 of a widget if it's not on Amazon just because I think it's a good idea because nobody may buy it. And then it doesn't matter because I've got 5,000 of a widget mm-hmm. that nobody wants. Right? So what we started doing is making these connections between uh, what is popular on advanced communication mediums. What I mean is that in, in advanced is like timeline advanced. So Amazon is slow. Amazon is 
18 to 24 months slower than most online trends. Okay. Things are popular on Pinterest way before the products are available on Amazon. People are, you know, talking about things on Instagram way before they hit mainstream. It's a little bit like, you know, everybody says Australia is a little bit behind the U.S. and things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, so things that are popular in the U.S. will be popular in Australia in 18 months. And the things that are popular in the U.S. now are probably popular in Europe 18 months prior. Mm -hmm. So the same thing kind of happens with platforms is you have this this trickle down effect. So what I what I started doing is looking at the advanced communication and social mediums for product ideas and trending topics, trending keywords, and then becoming, trying to become the first to actually launch those products on the platforms by, uh, by taking those keywords, validating for search with low competition. Mm -hmm. So demand with low competition, and then going through a whole process of testing those products so that not only could we validate that this is a good product idea, but also we had information that we could use for the listing and the optimization and the targeting and the traffic generation and all that good stuff. So are you looking at things like hashtag sort of trends or are you looking at something as simple as Google Trends to, to, to look at these, I guess, product categories or, or trends around, you know, a product idea um, and then applying that across to do some testing and validation? Is that well, sort of how it works, I'll or? say this, kind of. Um, not really hashtags because people that are typing a word already know it exists, Okay. So we don't sell products. We sell keywords. That's what we do. I I can have the greatest product in the world, but if I don't have a good keyword to attach to it, Mm -hmm. nobody's ever going to find it. Okay. So, so keywords are what people are looking for. However, um, images are what people want that they didn't know existed. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So what we started doing was heavily using things like Pinterest, things like Etsy, platforms like um, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, your crowdfunding sites, places that people literally just cruise around and look for something that's cool. So someone will have posted a picture of a homemade home decor item, right? And where do you post a picture that doesn't have a description attached to it? You just post it on Pinterest because that's where you put things that people want but didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. So what we started doing was tracking Pinterest and then we'd go back and figure out what people called these things or what people were tagging as uses. Oh, comment. This would be great to use as a blank, you know, use for this purpose. So then we took product ideas, figure out keywords that we could attach to it because we have to sell the keywords, but we have to backfill it with a unique product. And then we started launching these, these test listings where we might only buy 30 of something or 40 Mm -hmm. of something. Um, One of my first big successes, I was looking at Pinterest in, in one of the niches that we sell in, which is like, um, barware like bourbon and whiskey you know the kind of bespoke men's accessories nips right and i'm cruising pinterest and i see this product and i went holy crap that's a great idea i don't even know what it's called but in pinterest they had like a use picture showing how it's used i thought man Mm -hmm. that's amazing and uh and i'm looking at this thing and i thought you know i'm kind of handy i think i could make some of these things myself so i go down to the local lumber yard and uh I, i buy some material fill up the back of my pickup truck and I go to, um, we, it's called Home yeah. Depot here, you know, big like home goods sto- uh, tools. And I bought some tools and I went out in my garage one night and my wife thought mm. I was insane because I'm at 11 o'clock assembling these tools. I didn't even know what they were, you know, and I start making this stuff. And I make about 100 units of the mm-hmm. simple product and I packaged them in like just plastic zipper bags, yep. Ziploc bags, and sent them into Amazon with crappy pictures and like they all sold out before I could even optimize on the listing and turn on PPC. Happy, happy and I went, days. Oh crap. And 
if I valued my labor at $30 an hour and added, you know, all my material costs, my total cost per unit was like $4. And I just sent them all in at $20 US. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he sold. So then I made like mm. 200 and um, I'm sorry, the first yeah. test is about 50. The uh, They were bundled. So 50 total units. Now I made like 250 or 300. I can't remember exactly. And this was getting to be like November. So it's getting pretty mm. deep into Q4. And I actually spent a little bit more time on the listing and, you know, I still wasn't sure if it was a fluke before. And I sent these things in and they went nuts. (laughs) I mean, no PPC, just like sale, 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 10 a day, blew them out. Well, a few months earlier, I'd met a good, he's now a very dear friend of mine, Abor Delani. He's like a master at PPC and all, all Mm -hmm. things back into Amazon. And, and I told him this idea about like, find these keyword ideas on Pinterest to be the first to market. And he calls me one day said, Abe, what's up? And I'll never forget. I know the exact stretch road I was on when he called me. He said, Tim, dude, I thought you were crazy when you were talking about Pinterest and Etsy and Lifehack Mm -hmm. blogs and and Indiegogo. And he said, but I found a product on Pinterest and I went to Amazon and there was one seller with this crappy listing and they, uh, they launched and they ran out of inventory in like two weeks, but they surpassed the 10,000 rank in home and kitchen. Mm. Now, that is like the holy grail. If you're sub 10,000 in rank in the home and kitchen yeah. category in November, yeah. you have just found a freaking unicorn <laughs> who's mated with a chupacabra <laughs> and made like a mythical, you know, Norwald that doesn't exist. It was amazing. Yeah. And I said, Abe, that's awesome, dude. Tell me what the product is. Like, like I want to know. And he tells me what the product is and all the blood rushed out of my face. And I hung up and I like, I was like, Abe, I got to go. And I hung up and I called at the time, Kate, my business partner, I said, Kate, we got a problem. She said, what? I said, you know, those things we just tested, Abe found them. No way. He found our listing and she went, really? I said, did you know that we went sub 10,000 in three weeks with no PPC, no, no launches, nothing in November in home and kitchen. And she said, no, let me go check that. And she pulls up oh, keep no. and she goes, holy crap. I didn't realize we did that well. So anyways, I called Abe back. I got Kate's permission. I called Abe back and said, Abe, dude, I got to tell you something. He said, man, the way you get off the phone, you're, I could just tell you think it's a stupid idea. I said, mm-hmm. Abe, dude, you're looking at our listing. <laughs> he was like, oh, and he was so mad because he couldn't take it. He's like, I can't, I can't rob yeah, this yeah. from you. But my point was, that's when we realized like yeah. everybody is struggling with the wrong things in e-commerce. So we have a mastermind program that, that does like weekly coaching, mm-hmm. right? And we get on these big Zoom calls with all these people. And I get to hear a lot of these sellers problems and we, we talk it out and we work through it. And one of the common things that people are asking about are these tiny little details like, gosh, I'm split testing my main image listing. Oh, I'm trying to get from 12% to 11% ACOS. And, and that's the only way I can make money, you know, running this PPC. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, oh, this, oh, I'm not indexing this keyword. And I keep telling people, guys, if you're spending six hours a day playing with your PPC ads to save 1% a cost to be profitable, mm. you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're doing it wrong because you should be launching products with such high margins and such little demand or such little competition about high demand that, uh, that we don't care. Like none of that stuff matters. Right. And now we have a lot of students that are actually like, holy crap, Tim, you were right. It actually, it actually works. And like, that's when I started putting these pieces together that the, the opportunities to sell on any e-commerce platform anywhere in the world with unique products is, is, is tremendous. Like we can literally from our cell phones, sell anything to anyone in the world from anywhere at any time, mm-hmm. right? The opportunities for entrepreneurs have never been greater in the history of the world than they are right okay. now. I mean, the thousands of years of civilization, right? 
all but the last 10 years, anybody that had a business had a store and they sold to a regional area or, you know, one town or one village, or they had one boat that they went between two ports and that was it. Mm. So out of the thousands of years of, of society, as we know it, only like the last eight years has this opportunity been here. And we are right smack dab in the middle of it. We've never had a better time. But if we keep falling into this trap of chasing the leader and picking the wrong products and spending six hours a day trying to adjust our PPC, we're missing out on this tremendous opportunity that is is presenting itself, which is to launch anything to anywhere to anyone from anywhere at any time. But we have to, have to, have to find unique products and using these methods that we discovered, it's actually not that hard. Yeah. So in terms of the actual sort of steps or the process then, if someone was to try and follow along, you're saying really start all your research off Amazon altogether. So you're talking about heading on to a Pinterest and an Etsy and looking for those inspirational um, product ideas, um, which are generally a lot more creative. Uh, and then looking for the demand or certainly having a look at some of the listings and looking at the use the uses of those products and how they're being used uh, and then jumping onto Amazon and going, what's actually on Amazon at the moment that, you know, fulfills, is there demand for this sort of product and what are the sort of keywords that, that, you know, demonstrate demand and then getting that thing made. Now, whether that thing's made, I'm assuming, you know, domestically, say within the United States or indeed here in Australia or, or, you know, in your in your shed, which doesn't sound particularly scalable, by the way. But are you looking for ways that you can? <laughs> no, but it's good for it a sure test. Because um, a lot of you know, it's funny. I was listening to a podcast this morning. One, um, this guy, I think he was talking to Casey Gauss, um, Tony, somebody, and he was saying that you know you absolutely need to invest. You know, five thousand units. You know, you have to you literally burn the boats and and um, you know conquer the island. And I, I just listened to that and just went, that just sounds really, really risky to me. That you know, you, it's so risky yeah, and it's yeah. so wrong. And yeah. and look, the guys that say that, I don't blame them because it, it worked. Okay, it worked uh, with an ED. So you know, I have a lot of problem with a lot of the the misinformation, the teachings going on out there. But it's not mm. necessarily malicious. There are a lot of people that four or five years ago could literally buy 5,000 of anything and sell anything and they could rank and they could get the reviews and they could do everything they need to. And they had wild, amazing success. Now, are they lying when they say that this is how you do it now that they've launched a course or launched software? Well, they're not lying because it worked. But what they don't realize is it doesn't necessarily work anymore, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of misinformation. Some of it's malicious, but but most of it's not. Most are just well-meaning folks that are trying to help. It just, it just and, and everybody I talk to agrees, like, it just doesn't work anymore. So let me walk you, walk you kind of through the steps. All right. So first step, we're going to find a product, which doesn't really matter because we need to find a keyword. Okay. So a product slash keyword off of Amazon, stay away from Amazon. So once we find this unique product opportunity based on a keyword, now we're going to go to Amazon. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to type those keywords that we think might, have, that we think it might fall under. If there's a hundred thousand listings of the same thing that, that, that we found, we just dismiss it. But Identify a product slash keyword, see if it's saturated on Amazon, meaning, you know, it's there or it's not there. Um, number two, or I'm sorry, number three then is um, look for keyword demand. And we use software tools to do that. I love Helium 10. I love those guys. I think they're very cutting edge. And But we know that's just an estimate. So I'll search in, uh, type in all these search terms and figure out what kind of demand there is. Now, most people will say you need to launch products and only have 10,000 searches per keyword. I think that's complete horse crap because if it's 10,000 searches per keyword, everybody is seeing it. Everybody's following it. I'd rather stack up a bunch of 
long tail, inexpensive keywords that all match the same product. So I'd rather sell the same product under 10 long tail keywords that nobody's paying attention to. It's going to be super, um, you know, non-competitive and it's going to be, you know, less PPC cost, right? So we do that. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to try to source this thing for a test because remember I said that uh, search volume of the tool is just an estimate and I want to know my competition. So we've actually, we do a lot of wooden products, right? We actually built a wood manufacturing shop here in the U.S. that we produce a few of our private label products here that just need to be made in the U.S., but a lot of it's a prototype shop. So one of our team will find a product keyword and they'll send a picture of something and say, make 30 of these. And it doesn't even have to be perfect, right? It's just something that matches a keyword. So we'll take 30 or 50. If we don't have a manufacturing site, a lot of times, because I said some platforms are more ahead of the others, Etsy is about 18 months ahead of Amazon. So a lot of times you find a product opportunity like on Pinterest, you can find it on Etsy and it's not on Amazon. So buy 20 of them off of Etsy and create an Amazon listing and ship them in, right? This is where yeah. your pictures don't have That's to be not. perfect. Your listing doesn't have to be perfect because if it's in demand, it will sell, right? Um, we triple yeah. the price of what we would normally sell it at. We intentionally keep a crappy picture. We don't fill out a bunch of description because we don't want it to sell. Why? We want those mm-hmm. things to sit in inventory and that and that PPC campaign run as long as we can. So we jack the right. price up so that nobody actually buys it because if someone buys all our stuff, then we can't run the test, right? So we run these PPC campaigns, manual campaigns for very specific keywords that we're interested in testing. And we look at two things, impressions and cost per click. So Mm -hmm. if I run an ad on one specific keyword and I have inventory in stock for two full weeks, at the end of two weeks, my number of impressions should tell me how many times people searched for that keyword. Now, remember, you have to overbid. You have to bid pretty expensive because it's it's a bid system on the cost per click. So if I have a dollar and somebody else is paying a dollar five, I'm not going to get the impressions they are and excuse my data. So we'll we'll be willing to pay three or four dollars a click, like just some ridiculous amount per click, just to buy that data. Just to, just make to sure. buy the data. Yeah, just to make sure that you're showing yep. you're showing you're getting the impressions. So we get the impressions. Yep. And and you're you're on exact match. Oh, absolutely. Gotta be exact match. Because if we do broad, it may be matching us to something that we're not like like it'll give us higher exactly. impressions than we yeah. want. And then we check our cost per click. So yeah. if we find something that in a week we have 1800 impressions and our cost per click is 40 cents. This is where I get excited, especially if that same product we have, you know, five keywords, one is 1700 impressions, one's 500, one's 900, one's 1000, one's 1200. And all of our cost per click are like 50 cents, 40 cents, 60 cents. That's pretty low. I can stack all those five Mm -hmm. keywords up and I know I'm getting 5000 searches a month or whatever the number is legitimately. And that cost per click tells me how competitive those keywords are. Because remember, we're not selling products, we're selling keywords. So we run this test and we make a decision after that. All right, this is something we're going to go full blown with. So we shut it down. Mm-hmm. Like we sell out our inventory. Sometimes we don't even want to sell it. Sometimes mm-hmm. we'll do a, 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 a return back to us, a removal order and just trash it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we don't want anybody to see what we've done. Right now we keep our mouth shut mm-hmm. and we take the time to actually source this. So this is where, you know, we might go to China or India or produce a lot ourselves here or we actually have goods produced in uh, Haiti right now. We also have, mm, yeah, we also have our own company in Central America in Guatemala, and we have full time staff down there that just works with artisans and and produce to have things produced. So we're producing, you know, essentially over the world right now. And this is where we'll do our first big order, right? So this is where we're buying two thousand units or a thousand units or five thousand units, but we're not doing it based on an indicator score from a piece of software telling us to spend our money, and yep. we don't know if it's going to work, right? Because we've gone through this test phase. So we have a reasonable degree of certainty that what we're doing is right. And ideally we're still launching a product that nobody else has on Amazon yet. Right. So Mm. now we buy the big amount 
we get that shipped in, we get it ready. Now's when we optimize our listing and we, we get our pictures. We do everything that we're supposed to do correctly. Set up a new listing. Don't go to that old listing because you've lost the honeymoon period. You're right. You know what the honeymoon period uh, is? Yeah. You're right. Okay. So we've yep, lost yep. the honeymoon period. So now it's a new listing and now we freaking go and we whip everybody's tail. We're first to the market. Nobody can touch us. Right. Yep. And I yep. will say this, when I say uh, first to Amazon, there are a lot of products that we find that are on Amazon, but they're all merchant fulfilled. They're all twice as expensive as it should be crappy listings. And we like Jungle Scout. The, oh, sorry, I shouldn't have said the software. Oh, I don't care. If we Jungle <laughs> it Scout matter. it, Jungle Scout will tell us it's a crappy idea because why? They don't have the sales revenue, which is part of that algorithm, right? So if mm-hmm. it comes back with opportunity score of two, but I see it's trending up on Pinterest and Google Trends and people love it and it's getting repinned and it's on Etsy, but it's not on Amazon except for those and the sales volume suck. Now I'm jumping mm-hmm. up and down excited because nobody else is yeah. going to see what I'm seeing. And by the time no. they see what we've done, it's been a year and we've had free reign of this and now nobody can touch us, right? Yeah. Like you, it, it's you amazing. Full 360 view. Yeah. yeah. That's really, really clever. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing too, of course, is that while you're running your test, if you're getting some negative reviews or mediocre reviews or even good reviews, um, at least you can then with your actual big manufacturing um, project or you know production, you can maybe solve some of those issues that might be coming through from some of those initial sales during the test. Yeah, and you know it's not uncommon for us to get a bunch of one star reviews on our test. Mm, it's mm. because literally, remember, we're not selling a product; we're just testing a keyword, so we don't get particularly you know detailed mm. on quality. It doesn't matter. Um, right. We make a lot of products in our wood shop that are pretty complex to mm. the point that we're not very good at it. We don't have the specialized equipment. We've never made a single one of these. So of course our first one's going to break. Right. So we get a lot of returns for like broken units or like, <laughs> you know, like some yeah. sort of flaw and and we go, Oh crap. We did. And then I'll say, wait, it doesn't matter. We're just testing the keywords. I don't care if I get 10 returns on 10 sales. I got the data that I needed to, to know whether to go with it or not. And we're just going to close that listing anyways. And it doesn't affect our seller performance because it's a product related review, not a seller related review. So Amazon doesn't mm-hmm. care. Right. So yeah. the worst thing you're going to do is suspend my listing. Who cares? I'm going to shut that listing down anyways. That's right. And start again with a fresh one later. Yeah. With the honeymoon period. Um, the other question then I have, of course, is you mentioned Etsy, you've talked about Pinterest. Um, some of the, some of the things that we talked about up at Retail Global, you know, we looked at uh, various products that were all kind of made out of plastic and I could see you were sort of showing me examples on, on, uh, I think it was on Pinterest of, you know, wooden versions of the same thing that, that there just immediately, you know, it was high fives all around like that was really, really kind of clever. Um, and, and it was basically a category as well, or, or indeed a product search that I wouldn't normally, I would have looked at it if I'd even stumbled across it and just gone, no way based on what, what the tools were saying, wouldn't touch it. But what you were yeah. sort of saying, you know, these are examples where, you know, there's a real opportunity here if because this is what people want. You can see it pinned up all over Pinterest. You can see it pinned up all over Etsy. Um, but, you know, it's just it just doesn't exist at the moment on Amazon. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, you're right. If, you, if you're just following all the tools and you're looking at the product tool scores and, you know, the opportunity scores and all that stuff that Viral Launch, Helium 10 and obviously Jungle Scout have as their, their product opportunity score or product idea score, if you're just stuck in that world, you, you're mad you're mad you know you, you definitely need to get out there and, and have a look around and see what else is going on so 
Do you want an example of like a product that we found recently that would be a good candidate? Oh, hit me. Like uh, my audience right, would just so be lapping this I've, up. Let's go. I've, this is so generous. Thank you. I've, I've shared this enough that somebody's going to jump on it. So so be careful because there'll probably be a hundred people jump on this. But um, one of the first times that we found a huge anomaly was uh, this product called an Aztec death whistle. What? A Z T E C Aztec death whistle, you know, down like in Mexico and Central America. And this is this old clay, like clay whistle, ceramic whistle that they would make when they would go to war. So all these like warring tribes, this is before the Spanish ever showed up, right? right. They would like be meeting across a field of battle, running at each other with their primitive weapons and blowing these terrifying whistles. It sounds like people screaming in agony. Go to YouTube and just type in Aztec death whistle. It is like the creepiest thing you've ever heard in your life. (laughs) Well, somewhere, some reason, somehow these things became popular and all these people were searching for these things. And the search volume is still pretty high. Like last time I checked, there's like nine or 10,000 people a month searching for these stupid things on Amazon because they're trending up in these different, you know, like, like when the sugar skull popularity started coming up, you know, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. it all came with that kind of, uh, day of the dead, Dia de la Muerta theme, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we go to Amazon and we look and there's like two listings and it's like got one picture and they're $125 and it's like six weeks to fulfill the order. Mm-hmm. But we're getting like eight or nine or 10,000 searches a month. Now the software is going to say it's terrible because nobody's buying it because they're not they're not being creative like software is just data. So we're looking at this going crap 10,000 people a month are searching for an Aztec death mm-hmm. whistle. The only ones available are $125 and it's going to take 6 weeks. Who's going to buy Nobody. those? Nobody. The listings suck, they're not ranking for anything. Their their conversions are just got to be mm-hmm. terrible. But I'm looking at that going 10,000 people a month want this. Now, even today, like I checked this a few days ago because I used an example, there are a lot of listings for Aztec death whistles, but still they're all like 60, 70 bucks, merchant fulfilled, right? Like nobody, nobody is is selling these things to that actually knows what they're doing on Amazon to be competitive. And the search volume is still mm-hmm. high. So if somebody has a contact in Mexico that can make ceramic products that can ramp up scaling these things... I mean, buy 50 of these things. Now, we actually found a manufacturer in some city in Mexico that said they could sell them to us for like $15 wholesale. Right. Yeah. Right? They make them. They're authentic. Well, crap. If everybody else is 90 or or $100 yeah. a listing, yeah. you know, a listing, even if we bought them for 15 had them shipped and sold them for $45, we are cheaper than everybody. We're mm-hmm. doubling our money. Right? Maybe we have to sell them for 50 We just never got around to it because we literally have so many good product ideas. We can't, we can't keep them yeah. all straight. Right? So... But that's one of those examples. All of you that are listening, go to Amazon, type in Aztec Death Whistle, and it's going to look like absolute crap. But then get off of Amazon and start typing in Aztec Death Whistle and see how big it's trending in social media and YouTube and places like that. Like It's just one of those mm. examples. And I've got examples that are much better than that. But, You're not going to um, share them. But, but it, <laughs> no, I can't share them. Well, I'll say this. I'm, I'm, we're going to do a really big project. You're going to, you're going to see it. It's going to be super public in the next few months where we're going to show a bunch of product ideas through a case study. Uh, we're partnering with a really big name that I'm not allowed to disco- yeah. disclose right now. And this is going to like, it's going to open up the world of possibilities, awesome. but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, these product opportunities mm-hmm. are out there everywhere and, and guys, I, I know those of you that want to get into private label, doesn't matter what country, what platform, what category you're in you're probably getting frustrated and, and that, that largest cause of frustration in my, in my view 
is is poor product selection. But stop doing things the way everybody else is doing it. Use some imagination. Use some creativity. Test. Start small. Don't sink ten thousand dollars in another garlic press. Right. Test small. Take your time. Uh, measure twice. Mm-hmm. Cut once. And keep digging, and you will find these opportunities. I mean, we, we were doing a roundtable call with my my mastermind program, the Centurion League, yesterday, and literally like three people. We we post these things. We say, you know, in the chat, hey, uh, type a number. You know, type number one if you have a question. Number two if you have, um, you know, some bad news to share. Type number three if you have good news to share. That way, I can categorize them. All these people typed in three, and all these people were sharing. Oh my gosh, you know, it took me a week to find a product, but I found this product. I tested it. You know, I sold out all fifty units in like three days. There's not a single listing on Amazon. Like. I'm in my office jumping up and down with excitement for these people because it worked, but it takes some time. It takes Mm -hmm. some creativity. It takes practice. Um, but, but it absolutely does work. So, so that's my, my piece of encouragement. Don't stop what you're doing. If you're frustrated with private label, you just need to tweak what you're doing a little bit. Exactly. And product research is the most difficult thing. And just on that, my daughter once showed me a video that she was watching on YouTube of a girl who was unboxing a soft, squishy toy that, uh, that had been <laughs> in the week that this video had been up, uh, had been viewed, I think it was around 1.5 million times, maybe even 2 million times. And I was like, what the hell is that? And she, you know, she knew, she knows that I sell on Amazon. She was saying, you should sell these on Amazon. It turned out that the manufacturer of this particular product was in Japan. And I did a wholesale gig where I actually pestered and pestered and pestered until that manufacturer actually, um, sold me that, that product and, um, and variations of it. The, the current seller on Amazon at the time, this is a wholesale play, by the way, but the current seller was actually um, a fulfilled by merchant. So I just knew that as soon as I jumped on that listing and went FBA, it was going to be all over. And that those products actually made me close to 60 or 70,000 US dollars in a few months. You know, so, so again, nice. there wasn't a lot of demand on Amazon. And it was one of those sort of stories where the price was really high by the by the you know, the the incumbent seller, um, it was a fulfilled by merchant, so no one could use their prime membership, and and I just knew that that you know the sales were going to go bonkers, and and I was totally right. So yeah, it is a I mean that's slightly different to what you're talking about, but but you know looking outside of Amazon and looking at these opportunities that exist um, are often fantastic ways of sourcing and finding products that um, you know can go completely bananas, and uh, that's always a, a really exciting moment in anybody's life. Um, we are now at 42 minutes or so into this. It, it, Gosh, I feel like there's so much I more know, we should talk about. I know. About. I'm just I'm wondering whether we keep keep on going or how much time have you got left? I've got about uh, 15 minutes before I've got to, I've got to jump off the call. Um, so, well, let's do this. Um, I know we had we had planned for a lot of different things that we were discuss. I feel like there's so much more that I want to share with your audience um, that I don't want to rush it. Like I'm afraid if we spend the next 15 minutes trying to get another 45 minutes, let's just do another episode. Let's do another episode. If you've got time, let's get you back on for part two next week. Yeah, that, that sounds great. Look, I'd rather, I'd rather take my time and, and share, share extra knowledge and try to get, uh, as you know, if, if someone listening just gets like one tip, just like one piece of information, that's all that matters. So, so yeah, man, as, as much, as much content as I can give you absolutely to share. I mean, that, oh, that's, that's what we'll do. That is awesome. All right, let, uh, let's wrap it up here. How do we get in contact with you, Tim? Yeah, so uh, anybody that wants to, to find out more about what we're doing, uh, I guess I guess the easiest way is check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, the Private Label Legion. Join the Facebook group, like the Facebook page, Private Label Legion. Uh, the, the Legion's kind of our community. And then our business is uh, Hickory Flats. So you can find us at www.hickory-flats.com or just Google Hickory Flats. It's a pretty unique name. 
And then, of course, we have uh, all sorts of stuff. We take people to China. We take people to Central America on sourcing retreats. We have a uh, a monthly mastermind um, training program that we do. We do live events. We do, you know, little digital asset, um, you know, educational services, all sorts of cool stuff. So you can find that at Hickory Flats. But the main thing is just get involved with our community, get involved with uh, a lot of the free content through Facebook on Private Label Legion or look me up on YouTube, Tim Jordan or Private Label Legion. It goes to the same page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Every week we drop free content videos that, that you guys can check out and uh, it's free. So it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> sure, it doesn't. Um, and, you know, and sometimes you do get what you pay for. You do get value out of things that are free. <laughs> it's true. That is true. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, listen, let's pick this up again next week. Really looking forward to catching up and, uh, and bringing it to our audience part two. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.